Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, where we talk about the business of sports and disruption, media, technology, gaming, all different kinds of things. I'm Joe Favorito with my co-host this morning, LJ Holmgren at the Super Bowl. LJ, welcome along. Hi, Joe. Excited to be here. Another day. Another day. A Friday, actually. We are on Friday, and we're joined uh, by a longtime friend now at the Action Network, Darren Rovell. Darren, thanks for spending a couple minutes with hey, us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So let's... Um, talk a little bit about first of all your new role what you're doing your your switch how has it gone what have you enjoyed uh gambling is bigger than i thought it was going to be and i obviously thought it was going to be pretty big because i left the spn with the eight months on my deal to go to the action network i mean the reason i did it was i just went to new jersey i live in new jersey i see everything and how many times in business do you get a chance to see such a mature marketplace and then 16 miles away see a nascent marketplace i mean the u.s is basically 50 different countries and i just happen to be living in the country that turned into vegas east mm-hmm. and i take a fan duel wrapped bus to work and uh, it's kind of surreal i feel like i'm in europe um from a betting standpoint and then i work in new york where you can't legally bet online and it's only upstate so it's uh it's it's pretty amazing i uh i've loved doing it i've loved covering it i don't miss going in depth on sports business just because there's so much to cover on the business of gambling and um what's been the biggest surprise since you started and um how do you think it's progressed so far state by state i mean the biggest surprise is um the single biggest surprise is probably New York. I just that, don't. That it's not we, ju- we just don't get it. I mean, uh, Cuomo has not uh, come out and said specifically what he sees is wrong, other than he believes it's unconstitutional, uh, which they've been able to get around by saying, okay, well, the four casinos that were grandfathered in in 2013, I mean, literally, they had the structure set up five years before the Supreme Court did what they did, New York could have been the first state, even though New Jersey was the one to to argue it. And then it took a year to get that thing going, those books, and now it's still unclear. Like, you could put the servers in there, and you can get around and you can have mobile. And and you know from geolocation that there's so much activity going on along the New Jersey-New York border. So that's the biggest surprise, because it just doesn't seem to make sense. When do you think um, it will change? It's got to happen this year. It has to happen. It just, I mean, not unless we hear some other answer that he hasn't talked about. But other than it being unconstitutional, he hasn't said, like, that he has an ethical issue with it, that he's, who knows. But I, I feel like it's got to turn around this year. With New Jersey doing $4.5 billion and, you know, as much as maybe 20% coming from New Yorkers, it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Talk a little more about the data, and you're talking about right on that border, you're seeing uh, a lot of action. Yeah, I mean, obviously, can you imagine being the sponsorship guy at New Jersey Transit? <laughs> Not to take a shot at them, but, like, they can't sell anything, and then all of a sudden, like, all the, all the gambling guys come in and be like, hey, can we... Uh, can we get a, 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 a carpet can inside? The, can yeah. we can we can we buy DraftKings? I don't know what it costs. It probably costs three million bucks. But DraftKings, what every single ad in uh, Newark station? I mean, it's unreal. Um, so obviously they know that people are go- doing things as drastically as you know. I mean, Secaucus is a tourist destination now. <laughs> you know, there's the, the the big one of the biggest betters in New Jersey 
is a is a, a New York kid, this Parlay Pats guy who I've covered, who basically drives over to Fort Lee and he bets in a uh, in the parking lot of a Korean supermarket. I mean, it's just like the rest stops, you know. I'm, what's that first rest stop? Vince oh, Lombardi. the Vince Lombardi. Yeah, yeah I mean. Vince Lombardi is soon going to be known not as the Packers coach, but as the guy whose name is on the uh, place where we all bet. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, 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 it's all out there. And, and it, you know, like when you come through in and out of the Lincoln Tunnel, you, you, you get ads there. I was going to put a – I was going to buy a little place right by the Lincoln Tunnel and call it Bet and Breakfast. Um, I didn't turn it fast enough. I think we're too close now. But uh, no, it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's insane, and uh, it's the only time at work where, I, in, so I've been working for twenty years. It's the only time where I've been encouraged to go home early, because uh, my guys want to get the vets in. Right. Um, switching topics a little bit, uh, engagement on Twitter. Some people, you know, you've been the biggest prophet of Twitter for a long, long time versus any other platform. Um, people are always looking to figure out where they can best engage. Why did you take so well to Twitter versus other platforms, and how have you seen it grow over time for you personally? I mean, it had nothing to do with dissemination. When I started um, in 2009, and I'd like to know what number of journalist I was on there. I, I would assume I'm probably among the top 15 to get on there first. But it wasn't about dissemination. It was all about that I'm the business journalist, and I have to know the secondary part of a story. And whether it was blog lines before that or sportspages.com, you know all those mm-hmm. I used to spend yeah I used to spend two hours every morning trying to figure out what the primary story was so that I could cover the business side of it, and Twitter was did the best job at me if I followed the right people being able to digest and find out you know who who's doing what and it was just quick and then it became a dissemination tool from there, um, and it's still the best of the mediums. I wish they did more of a freemium model. Uh, you know, I have 120 tweets lined up for Super Bowl, and I still don't have a mobile tweet deck. I still don't have tools that I should sh- should so have. You, you just set them all up? You, you I, set, I, set a, I set a lot of them up, um, and I kind of move them depending. Trump actually changed the game. I, I don't do as many during the day. Certainly the morning between 6.05 and 6.25 has been neutralized. But, uh, yeah, no, I... I, st- I still I have a love-hate relationship with it, but I'll never go off it. Do you have, um, are there, now that you've shifted jobs, um, is there a time of day that you see much more engagement, or it depends on what the content is? Uh, it's usually the same, but essentially it's, if you, if you, if you could save up all day, uh, about 9.45 Eastern p.m. and a.m., are the best places, the best times to go. Do you monitor your followers? Do you know who they are? Yes, yeah. Um, and how much of it do you do? You do it all by yourself, or do you have anybody who's helping? I've tweeted every tweet, but I have sources of information, and I think I've, I think I've done a good job of turning people into mini-me's as far as knowing what I want, and then I'm just the conduit, and I give them credit, and it works out that way. In your job now, how more important is content versus breaking stories? Breaking stories is still really important. Um, you know, I want to. I want to be first everywhere. I want to. You know, all these sports books. I want to be. You know, when the big bets come in, I want to know. And breaking stories do do really well. Um, so I think it's that still prevails. I get to determine. I think more where I want to go, um, but it's pretty much the same. I and mean, breaking stories is still really important. I 
for I am doing a better job of I thought I would be very upset at breaking sports business stories that I chose not to engage in anymore. But I'm, I'm, I'm actually okay with it. Maybe it's because I'm just tired from trying to do everything for 20 years. Talk to me a little bit more about your strategy when it comes to content. So there's the breaking news side of it. On the content side of the things, how much are you doing based off having the followers get news from you versus how much are you catering or curating some of that news Yeah, I mean, I, people people like history. I love doing history stuff. I, I delve. I, I research stuff. You know that people enjoy, and sometimes, sometimes I'll. It'll. So it took me two hours to find a picture of Kyle Shanahan as a ball boy. There's, there's only one. Um, you know, and I'll put it out, and I got. I actually got disappointed because it didn't do as well as I thought it was going to do. Um, and you know, and then you wait and you put it out on the day of the 25th anniversary of that photo or of the of the game. And I have some good ones lined up. I mean, I I try to learn and then teach, like just through the history so like one of the funniest ones is that the last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 1970 they played with two totally different balls it wasn't stamped different it was just there was an AFL ball that was pigskin but it was much more pointy than the NFL ball which is hilarious like can you imagine the Vikings guys like the cornerback going to hey coach it's not the ball we practice with you know um so like learning the like i I learned that uh, that Nick Bosa's grandfather was Al Capone's right-hand man, so I'll have that tweet coming out. Um, you know, you just wait to the moment. So I love history, and, it, and I think even on Instagram, more people love history, so I love to do that. Have you migrated at all more and more to other platforms? To Instagram. I'm like 60% Instagram now. I'm more Instagram than Twitter, um, but it's also that I know how to do Twitter better i'm more used to it so but i'm definitely spending less time on it um companies that you may be following that you've started to talk about um, the people should be watching in the gambling space you wanna, can you mention a couple of them that you think yeah well obviously now stuff? that now with the barstool acquisition penn national uh you know they they paid what's a valuation of 450 million dollars for barstool on the belief that that's going to be the cheapest way even at that those dollar figures to acquire customers um, you know the game of consumer acquisition in, in gambling is huge so I mean obviously watching FanDuel and DraftKings but PointsBet who we did a big deal with on this favor belt promotion that I've been doing they are very active very aggressive and we're the 11th mobile sportsbook in New Jersey but now our fourth in market share so um, I would watch them and I'd of course watch FoxBet I mean is is Lachlan Murdoch going to one day just say we just need complete synergy um, and you know what's going to happen with live one touch clicking and and of course you know for the first time ever Disney doesn't have the most free cash so it's going to be Amazon and and Google and Apple are they going to and they don't have the same moral uh, stops that that Disney does so are they going to go into not only win, winning the rights fees next time the NFL is up, but are they also going to do one-click uh, micro-payment gambling on the same screen? I'm definitely watching that. It's funny. As you look around, probably Nickelodeon is the only company that's exhibiting here at Rainier Road that probably isn't going to get into the gambling space. <laughs> Maybe they yeah. yeah. I don't think we are either. Uh, no. Maybe. Well, well, you never, you never know. know. <laughs> you never know. So it's all, if it's all about analytics and data, too. So... Um, Darren, you get this all the time, and it's the last question we always ask people, but how do you stay up to date 
on everything that's going on and then for people that are disruptive looking to come into a business, whatever business it is, what's the advice you give them? Uh, stay up to date by... Not sleeping? <sighs> Man, it's, it's, it's tough. I stay up to date, yeah, by not sleeping, essentially. Sleeping is inconvenient. Um, so I've managed to, to be a five-hour sleeper pretty much uh, a night. Um, and the advice is always just find something that's, that is small enough that you could be among the best in the world at, but big enough that people care about it. That's, that's what I would say. If you can find yourself in that place. And I would also say to everyone out there who is discouraged by social media and the garbage on it, you know, just remember that from someone who... I might be the most hated man on Twitter, but some people make me the most loved person on Twitter. So, like, as long as you're relevant, as long as people are talking about you, even if it's hate, learn to deal with it. Um, and, uh, and I think it's a, it's a good life. Cool. Well, Darren Rovell, once again, thanks for joining thanks, us guys. for a couple minutes on The Cusp Show. This is Joe Favorito along with LJ Holmgren. We'll see you down the road.